So this Torah portion is called Behalatcha. 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 And there is a whole latcha in this Torah portion of Beholatcha. I love that we hit this Torah portion after Pentecost. It's amazing how the things align on the calendar of God and the Torah portion readings. It all just kind of aligns. I love in this Torah portion that we see the... Um, Giving of the Spirit from Moses to the elders. The empowerment of the elders with the Holy Spirit is in this Torah portion. And then there are these two others that were kind of didn't come to get this anointing. And all of a sudden they started to prophesy. And then Joshua goes to Moses and stop them, stop them, stop them. And Moses says, I wish they all prophesied. Do you know the verse in Corinthians where Paul said, I wish everybody would speak in tongues, but more so prophesy. It comes right from this Torah portion when Moses said, I wish you all were prophets. Paul was doing what Paul does. He was quoting Moses. He was quoting Torah. So it's just an amazing thing that we hit this. You know, like an empowerment of the Holy Spirit right after Shavuot, right after Pentecost. And I think it's very, very meaningful. Another thing that we see in this Torah portion is the children of Israel are on the move now. So just to set the stage that the children of Israel came out of Egypt in month one, the month of Nisan, the month one, right? that was declared the first month. And then they hit Sinai, what month? Does anybody know? The third month. So that's when we have Shavuot, Pentecost, in the third month. So they hit Sinai in the third month. And they have been there ever since. So it says in this Torah portion, Numbers 10, verse 11, in the second year, in the second month on the 20th day of the month. So second year, second month on the 20th day of the month. Pentecost, Shavuot was first year, third month. And so they were essentially there. To make a long story short, they've been at Sinai for about a year. And a lot has happened. Moses goes up. He doesn't come down. The people freak out. Sin of the golden calf. Breaking of the tablets. Building of the tabernacle. Anointing of the tabernacle. A lot has happened in that year. But now they are on the move. And I also love that they're on the move after we celebrate Pentecost. Because there's no better way to move, then wait for the empowerment. You know, Yeshua told his disciples, make, disi make disciples of all nations. But they didn't just go, aha, let me go out and start doing it. They waited for the empowerment. They stayed there, they waited, and then after Pentecost, they were able to enact that. And now that we see this Torah portion, which happens after Pentecost, after Shavuot, they start to move. And we know the movement, right? We know it, how it works. You know, they're in the wilderness and there's a cloud by day and a fire by night. And if it stays in one place for a week, a month, a year, whatever it is, they just have to stay where they are. But once it moved, they had to move. And we see in this Torah portion, the prayer that we say every week, arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. That comes from this Torah portion. Because before the children of Israel moved, they had to say it. 
which kind of gives it new special meaning because we say it is part of our liturgy, but to the children of Israel, it wasn't a liturgy. It was like spiritual battle. Before they moved, they had to say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And may those that hate you flee. They had to declare that into the atmosphere, essentially saying, the Lord is on the move. And if there's anything out there that's looking to get in the way of God, get out of the way. That's essentially what that prayer means. So it's just beautiful and it's amazing, I think, that it happens after Shavuot. So now they're on the move and things kind of break down pretty quickly. Because that's what happened with our ancestors. They just messed everything up all the time. So... Let me read a little bit from Numbers 11, starting in verse 1. And the people complained. In the, hearing, in the hearing of Adonai, so God heard their complaints, about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of Adonai burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. So they started to complain. If we read a little bit further, we understand what they were complaining about and some of the, um, some of the, the, the um, details around that. So in Numbers 11 verse 4, it says, Now the rabble, any rabble here? Rabble? Rabble, rabble, rabble. Wasn't that the last name of Fred Flintstone's friend? A oh, rubble. Barney Rabble? What, Peter? Okay. Now the rabble, the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons. It's like us when we go to the store now because the shelves are empty. The cucumbers. We're going, I remember the cucumbers and the leeks. The onions and the garlic. Where's the garlic? And the artichokes. Where are the artichokes, Paula? I'm waiting for the artichokes. She promised me the artichokes. But now our strength is dried up. Jewish complaining. I just hear, I hear the voice. I grew up with this, believe me. And there is nothing at all. To look at, but this manna, there's nothing to look at but this manna. And as we read, God's anger was burned. I was bur burned. I want to share three things. You know, sermons get very official when you have a list. So today I have a list. So I want to share three things that we glean from this. And what we can take out of it in our walk with the Lord. 
So the first thing we see is that they are complaining and God's anger was kindled. We see that, right? If you read the words that the children of Israel were saying, oh, that we had meat to eat, you know, all this stuff, the leeks, and it's better back in Egypt and things like that. This is not the first time they did that. Rewind back another year when they first left Egypt, when they were en route to Sinai, they complained then too. Very similarly, oh, we have nothing to eat. What'd you bring us out here to kill us? Again, it's just Jewish humor through and through. What? There's no, not enough graves in Egypt. You got to bring us out here to kill us. Jewish humor through and through. So they're on their way to Sinai and they said the same kind of complaint. And it even uses the same word. They grumbled. They grumbled. But last time when they were on route to Sinai, God's anger did not burn. He heard what they complained about and he provided manna. He wasn't angry at all. He heard their complaints and he responded with his mercy and provided for them. This time, he was angry. Why did he provide the first time and was angry this time? The first time, they were legitimately starving. They just came out of Egypt. They literally had nothing to eat. And God had mercy in their situation and provided manna from heaven. And the manna has been falling ever since. Now it's a year later and they're going, we got nothing to eat. Wrong. No, wrong. God, <laughs> God provided manna. They got bored of God's blessing. God blessed them miraculously. And after a year of it, they got sick of it. Lesson number one that I'll teach you from this. You know, I like to teach Hebrew words to y'all. Not like I'm an expert, but it's nice to learn some Hebrew words. But my family didn't grow up speaking Hebrew. But my grandparents spoke something called, what they called Jewish, which is Yiddish. Has anybody ever heard the language of Yiddish? Yiddish is like an Eastern Europe combination of like German and Hebrew. That's where you get common terms like life and things like that. It's Yiddish. So I'm going to teach you a, a Yiddish word. And the Yiddish word is kvetching. Complaining. 
Kvetching. Kvetching. Kvetching is the Hebrew word for complaining. And I'm sorry, the Yiddish, thank you, the Yiddish word for complaining. And I think what we learn from that is that the, us, the people of God, all of us, we have a tendency and a propensity to complain. And to Mark is like, not me. All of us. We have this proclivity for complaining. And we have this tendency to look at things that are a blessing, like they had the manna, and just not even recognizing the blessing that was provided. How many things in our lives are actually just amazing blessings, and we're like, meh. And we're like, meh. I'm this is one of the messages that I'm just preaching to myself. You know, like, I, I've been honest. I'm looking to retire in two years and get out of the corporate workforce. I'm just done with it. I'm just done with it. And God willing, it will happen. And God willing, it will happen. And I'm like, I gotta go to work. I gotta go to work. I gotta have my meetings. And I complain and I kvetch constantly. But there was one time just recently, I was, I was working from home Hello, blessing, and I'm just, like, not even recognizing it. I'm working from my couch, and it was lunchtime, and I had a little bit of time between now and my next meetings. So I decided to just lay my head down, and I took, I took care of my body, the temple of God, and I took an afternoon nap. And Susie is looking at me taking a nap during work hours. Susie, who is stressed every day at the hospital, she comes home and tells me this or that or this, but no details because HIPAA violation. But her job is stressful because she deals with discharge at Roger Williams Hospital. <laughs> she deals with people. <laughs> and this person needs to go to a nursing home and that person needs to have some care in the home, and this person needs a, a breathing machine or an oxygen machine, and this person needs certain medicine, and then they change their mind. They don't want to go, and you know, all these types of things. She deals with a lot of stress, and here she is looking at me, taking a nap during work hours, and she actually said, well, you really got it rough there at that job, don't you? Oh, it stinks for you. And I complain constantly about my job. And if I take a step back, this job I have has been a blessing since day one. It's got God's, what? That's what she said. You are a spoiled, spoiled man. This job has been a major blessing on my life. Since we moved to Rhode Island, I got this job just a few months after. It's just been, it's, I, I don't even need to go into all the details and waste that time. It's been an amazing blessing. I get favor, top down, bottom up, I get a lot of favor. Obviously, it's not hard on me if I'm able to take a nap here and there. And here I am every day. I gotta go to work. Kvetching. 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 What we learn from this Torah portion, don't abhor 
his blessings. Recognize them. Because I tell you that in your life there are so many that you forget because it becomes common. The manna became common. And they forgot it's actually a miracle. So lesson number one. Kvetching really upsets God. <laughs> and perhaps kvetching blocks the blessing. I always say if I start to rhyme, there's anointing on the words. If kvetching blocks the blessing. And we see that in this Torah portion. They kvetched and God's anger was kindled. Don't abhor his blessings, but look for them. Look for them. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a pastor. His name is Craig Groeschel. Anybody ever hear of that pastor? Um, he has a very, very large megachurch. And he did a survey once and asked people in a survey, what do you complain about? What do you complain about? And the interesting answer in the survey is about half the people, or I'm sorry, a certain amount of people said, complained about their job. They complained about their job. They didn't like my job. The same number of people complained that they didn't have a job. I thought that was meaningful. There was a number of people that complained about their marriage. That was the top one. Same number of people complained that they didn't have a spouse. Another top complaint was that there's not enough time in the day to get everything done. The same amount of people complained about being too bored and just not having enough to do. So I think this is meaningful. I think what we learn from this is that we kvetch. We always find things to kvetch about. And when we kvetch about what God has blessed us with, he gets upset. Susie, in her first CD called Home Away From Home, wrote a song. And as we travel sometimes and do music, it seems that this song of hers is one of the more popular ones. And the song is called Barachi Nafshi which is from um, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and don't forget his benefits. I love the psalm because then it's, because it doesn't leave anything open to chance or to interpretation. It starts listing the blessings and the benefits. Who, pour, who pardons your guilt, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with favor and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so your youth is renewed. He wants to bless us. And I really believe that. And I don't want to sound like one of these prosperity preachers and, you know, the preachers that, you know, people get upset with because all they do is, you know, it's almost like, like fleshly encouragement. 
of how awesome you are. I don't want to sound just like that, but sorry, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a place for it too because God really does want to bless us. He really does. My plans for you are not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope. He wants to bless us, but I believe that a blocker to the blessing is kvetching. So let's remember the benefits in our lives. Now, the things that the psalmist writes here in Psalm 103 are very generic. They're spiritual, and we could always latch on to these things. We're, we're, it's the blessing of his salvation, the blessing of his love. But I guarantee if I opened up this microphone to all of you crazies and said, what is a blessing in your life that you forget? I guarantee it'll take a couple hours. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. So let's his homework remember to remember his benefits. Forget not his benefits. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two, where did their complaining originate from? Barney Rabble. So remember, now the rabble. Rabble, rabble, rabble. I don't know why I keep saying that. Rabble, rabble, rabble. What is that from? And she's like, she's like, I don't know. Will you hurry up? Or... That's it. It's the McDonald's thing. Yeah, you got it. Thank you, Peter. And the Hamburglar. Now, the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again, oh, that we had meat to eat. It started with complaining from not-so-righteous people. What's the lesson? Be careful who you let speak into your life, sons and daughters. Be careful what you let into your ears. Be careful even what you let into your eyes. You know, there was one time I was being negative and in the house, I've shared this before, actually. There's one time I was being negative in the house, and I was complaining about something, complaining about this, complaining about that. And all of a sudden, I noticed Susie started to complain about the same stuff. And I was convicted. She absorbed it from me. And I, whoa, I had to repent of that. And I actually said, Sue, you... You're, imp you're impressionable. When, when there's negativity around you, you're impressionable, aren't you? And she goes, you think? And she pointed to all the words. Anyone who's been to our home, our walls are filled with words, edifying words, affirming words, blessing, and all of, all of I can't even think of any of them. What are some of the words that were on the wall? We all forget. It's all over the wall. Give thanks. She wants to feed. She wants to take care of the temple. She wants to make sure what's coming in is edifying and holy. You are love. It says in one place in Titus, which I love. It says, um, you know, if there are people that are speaking, and now I got to, let's see if I have it here. I don't know if I do. Uh, this was the problem with not having the PowerPoint. So it's Titus something verse something, and it's paraphrased as follows. If there's people who speak negatively to you or, or 
give him one warning, give him two warnings, and then walk away. Talk to the hand, man. Talk to the hand. We have a right to do that. And the interesting thing about this thing with the rabble, we know that the people of Israel, this is so important, we know that the people of Israel already had this proclivity. They did it a year before. We know they were hungry. We know they had this propensity to complain. We know they were kvetchers. But here comes these people, these, this rabble, and it spoke to where they had lack. And it amplified their lack to the point where they lied. We have no food when they did. They had manna, plenty of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are voices out there that will take your insecurities, things you're working on in your life, and feed that. That's what Satan does. That's who the rabble is. Let's conclude that. Satan is the rabble. And he speaks to those areas, the weak areas. Boy, aren't you hungry? This manna is, it stinks, right? Yeah. Every day, same thing. Watch who's speaking into your life. Surround yourself with people of God who will speak life and not death and recognize when the rabble, rabble, rabble around you. When Satan is using somebody, boy, you know, why did your husband do that? Do you understand? There are voices that will take your insecurities and amplify it and turn it into something. And then when you sin, it becomes yours. That's Satan's job. Textbook his job. To cause you to sin. And once you sin, he thinks he has legal authority to mess with you. Right, it is. Minus, minus grace, unless God says, leave him alone, grace. This is Satan's job. So be mindful of the voices you allow to speak into your life. So, so important. And the third lesson we get from this is what they did actually with the manna. I don't have that written down. But it says that they took the manna and they boiled it. And they ground, grinded it. Grinded or ground? Ground it. Ground. They grounded it. Gr ground. Ground. They ground it. What's the past tense of ground? Oh, grind the ground. They ground it. And they made cakes out of it. They made cakes out of it. Let me tell you something. Life can get boring. Let me tell you something. Marriages can get a little, the fire can, uh, can, can, can dim a little bit. When these things happen, when the manna becomes ordinary, when the blessing becomes ordinary, just make some cakes out of it. Be creative. Take the blessing and just turn it into something. I can't tell you how many married when I have married when I do marriage counseling. Well, we used to be in love, but we're not in love. I love him, but I'm not in love. Are you kidding? 
go boil it and grind it and make some cakes out of it. Be creative. When things get anemic, get inventive. God gives us a spirit of creativity. I love how they took the manna, which is boring, same stuff, and they just, they, you know, they did stuff with it. Thank you, Adonai. Father, I just pray that in our lives, when we feel that there's something that's just not quite there, it's just, it's bland. Adonai, give us the unction and the, and the desire to, to take it and turn it into something grand, something different. Give us the ability and the desire to be creative with what you gave. So don't <laughs> let them eat cake. So we don't spurn your blessing. Thank you, Father. Because his blessing is meant to expand. It's meant to expand. It's meant to expand. Susie and I were ministering on Sunday at the Shavuot service of the Messianic congregation in Rochester. Which means that right after our Shavuot service, which was a wonderful time, and right after that we hit the road, Rochester the next day, next morning. And just a little bit of a testimony, Susie, 20 years ago, had a health crisis, we've shared this before, where she thought she had multiple sclerosis and she had a lot of these neurological symptoms. And it was really bad time, really bad time, really bad time, and she went to a ministry down in Georgia called Be In Health, and she was healed. And not only was she healed of that, she was healed of, of a dairy intolerance. She didn't even go down there to get healed of. And not only that, the x-rays or the MRIs that she had, which showed the, 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 the issues that were on her spine, they weren't even there anymore. Like, even the ones that were taken prior to her going down, they were gone. Like those, um, what do they call those marks on the, on the lesions? They were gone. Even in the original. And... Then there was a time that somebody else that we knew in our previous congregation was sick, and she was saying, go down to this place, go down to this place. They seemed to have a good fruit with healing. They eventually gone down. They were healed. And I remember Susie saying, I, am, I remember Susie saying, I am so glad I got sick. I remember her crying, saying, thank you, God, that I was sick. Because if she wasn't sick, this other young lady wouldn't have gone down and got healed. See, God's blessing is meant to expand is meant to expand. And this has happened multiple times. Now it's 20 years later. This congregation heard Sue's testimony. Okay, about 17 years ago, yeah. So this congregation also went down there. The, the wife of the rabbi also was healed. Thank you, Adonai, that I got sick. And then... We just find out when we went there that the rabbi was down there again in that area and, and, and at that ministry because they wound up having a, creating a connection with that ministry. That all stemmed from what happened with Sue when she got sick. So they have this connection with that ministry right now. And the rabbi was down there just a couple of months ago and he met this one Jewish believer, pastor guy, young guy, and they established a relationship. And he, the young guy, is now going to be the new rabbi. At this congregation. So Rabbi Jim is retiring. And now this new rabbi is coming. They would not have even found him. If Sue didn't get sick. 17 years ago. The blessing just keeps. Expanding and expanding and expanding. That is. How God's blessing works. So thank you father. So lesson number one. 
Don't kvetch. Kvetching blocks blessing. Remember that. Number two, watch out who you're letting speak into your ears. That's very important. And number three, when things get a little dry, bake some cakes. I'm telling you, the ingredient is there to be baked. The manna that God provided wasn't meant to stay as manna. It was meant to be turned and grounded and grounded and grounded and all these things and turned into something else. It was meant to be used. It's meant to expand. So if, if things are just a little dry in your house, whatever it is, just remember how the children of Israel took that boring manna and turned it into something else and use that as a catalyst to go and do something amazing. Yeah, the honeymoon isn't over. That's right. Bless the Lord. All right, I'm done. In Yeshua's name. Stand up and we'll close the service.